What's going on, everybody? My name is Christian Gujanov, and I want to welcome you to Peak Performance Principles. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about the principles in order to achieve and sustain peak performance. So if you want to get better, if you want to improve your performance, you're in the right place. Let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of Peak Performance Principles. My name is Christian Gujanov, and we've got a special guest with us today. Uh, Matt is on the line here. Are you there, Matt? I'm here, Chris. Hey, hey my man. How are you? How, where, are you uh, where are you doing this quarantine thing at? Oh, man, I'm coming to you from lovely Spokane, Washington. Sure is lovely. <laughs> Hooptown, USA. Hooptown, USA, man. Not a better place to be. Not a better that's awesome, man. So uh, I know we, we've talked a little bit, and I'm really excited to have you on. Um, if you don't know what Matt does, uh, we'll kind of go over uh, who he is and what uh, value he can bring to you all. Y'all. I think he's going to be able to talk a lot about to, to all of you athletes, performers. Um, we, we talk about in the podcast if your performance is, is every we all perform, and not not just athletes. If you're a school teacher, if you're in, if you're a student, you're a performer. So. A lot of the stuff he's going to talk about today is going to be focused on building this mentality and, and, and creating successes for yourself while you are playing your sport or while you are performing. But also something that's really important is continuing those successes after you're done performing and after you the performance is over and sport might be over and continuing those successes long term. So I'm really excited to have him on. So uh, Matt, if you don't mind, tell, uh, tell us a little bit kind of about your story or what, what kind of how you got started and all this um if, if you don't mind to take some time just to kind of tell us a little about who you are yeah let's do it um grew up in southern california right outside of los angeles in the san fernando valley um from a super young age i uh, just fell in love with basketball uh, there's like pictures of me when i was four uh playing on the little uh like tinker toys type thing mm-hmm. and uh man it it's funny just how everything progresses. Like my parents, like my dad played high school football. My mom, not super athletic, but like I just, for some reason, had it in me to go chase this crazy thing. Um, and just fell in love playing basketball. Uh, pretty good high school basketball player. Um, got got to win a few things and was lucky enough to, to go on to play college basketball as well. Uh, played at a school called Whitman College up here in Washington. Um, they're, uh, they're a D3 school, a uh, liberal arts school. And, I mean, I can dive right into this whole thing right now, just about, like, making that decision of where to go to school, man. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it was, you know, my parents instilled in me, like, I like to be able to do everything that I wanted to do, I had to get good grades. So, like, yeah. Uh, you know, I was, I was a 4.0 student, uh, all of high school. Um, and when I started looking at colleges, I, you know, the dream was to like go play in the Ivy league or, you know, I, I wasn't good enough to go to like UCLA or Cal or anything like that. But if I could go play division one in the Ivy league, that would be killer. Um, how, and, how old were you, you know, when I, you like started thinking about like 
college and like when did that become like a, a goal or like a reality? How old were you? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the goal to play college basketball was like since I was small, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, the dream, the dream first was like, man, I, I want to be on the Olympic team. I want to win a gold medal. That's right, man. And then it was like, it's like, yeah, you know, like that'd be pretty cool, but I don't know if you're making the Olympic team anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, it, and then it's like, okay, like if you could play college basketball, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, but like really when it became, you know, you, you start getting pretty realistic of where you're going to fall when you're about like 15, 16, you mm-hmm. know, sophomore, junior year, you kind of know where you're going to end up. Um, and honestly, like I, I, you know, looked at prep schools and, um, the possibility of going to JC to kind of play division one, but what it kind of came down to for me was the education that I was going to get just wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people, the coaches, like the family around it, they weren't going to care about me as much um, just because I wasn't going to be as big of an asset to the team as I would have been if I went and played for a smaller school. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I, I wanted to win, dude. I wanted to win so bad. Um, I wanted to go win championships. I never wanted to be on a team that was like three and 20 and, yeah. you know, next year will be better. Like I, I would have just, you know, stop playing <laughs> yeah. after a year or so man it's hard to show up to practice when all you do is lose so sure yeah i mean so i ended up going i ended up taking whitman to go to school i uh, ended up being one of the best decisions i i personally ever made um it was you know coached through to help make and uh you know a lot of athletes i feel like are told this that like man if you keep your head down you keep taking care of your grades when everything's done, like it's all just going to be lined up for you. It's going to be, it's all going to work out, you mm-hmm. know? And I still, I still got good grades at Whitman. Um, you know, I, I got an economics degree. I was a team captain. I was an all, you know, uh, all conference player. Uh, and, you know, suddenly when it was all over, like businesses weren't calling me to, be like hey matt we'd love for you to come work at for at apple you know it seems like a great fit um you know no one has sent any letters anymore like the recruiting process is like completely reversed and like for the Mm. first time i uh you know i had to make myself a valuable asset and kind of figure out like why i should be wanted um in the workplace and for me it was a it was just a really uh tough struggle to figure out what I wanted to do, um, putting together resumes and cover letters and different things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and really like dial in like what I wanted out of this next phase of my life. And did you do that? uh, Was that like, like, I mean, I obviously like when you're in high school and things like that, we all know what recruitment's like, or at least have a good idea of what it's like and the letters coming in and all that stuff. Like a lot of people can relate to that, but, and preparing for recruitment's a pretty big deal. Like a lot of coaches help you with that and whatnot, but when you were in college, like preparing for that next phase, when did you start like realizing that this is going to be a lot more difficult? Like companies aren't going to be recruiting you outside, outside of like, you know, you going to job fairs and whatnot, but like, when did you, was that like after you graduated? Was that like your junior year, senior year, or was it after college? Yeah, it was a senior year, uh, like April. Okay. Um, So like two months before I was, going to graduate I uh like that's when I really like gosh probably really began my job search at all like Mm -hmm. 
the first time I even put together a resume and first started getting uh, callbacks and interviews and not having any idea what these things were as they're like questioning me about, you know, why I would be a good fit for the company or what made you interested in learning more or, you know, in submitting an application. And I'm like, I mean, to get paid, right? Like yeah. what else is it? And so There's other stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Clearly there was a little bit of a learning curve uh, to be had there to kind of figure out, you know, like they're trying to make sure that you're interested in the company. So it's like, how, what, what stood out to you? Like, what are you going to be able to add to the team that exists to, you know, enhance it or be a part of it? Um, but, you know, it's a, the whole time. So like, I thought I was going to be a financial planner is what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got inspired to do this from a Google search that was uh, how to make as much money as possible from being a, with a bachelor's degree. Yep. And on that top 10 list, financial planner just seemed to be the one that I was going to go with. And uh, man, I was sent out like 50 applications, got a few calls back and uh, nothing really panned out and as I started to kind of go through it I was like okay I'm kind of figuring out what people want like they don't think I have a network to build a business and they don't think I have enough experience they just feel like I'm going to fall out in too much of a risk and so I started putting together like this business plan and each one it kind of got a little bit better and better Um, I started handling myself you know a little more professionally Mm -hmm. and there was uh, this job uh, down in Arizona and I remember someone told me that it would be a really, it would really, it would be really, it would really show well if you showed up to the interview. So I bought a ticket to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I fly down and um, I go into the interview. I'm telling this guy like, man, I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to go to the golf. I'm going to go to the golf course. I'm going to meet four new people who are, you know, good enough, have enough money to be playing golf in the morning mm-hmm. and come back in here. I'm going to start studying. I'm going to do all this. I'm going to have a second job. Like, it was pretty like dialed in and like, it felt like it was something that was going to work out. Yeah. Um, it shook hands and he, you know, he actually, I can't remember if this guy played baseball or not. I think he did. I think he was a, a, a baseball player, uh, shook hands. He's like, man, like we love everything that you're doing. We're going to be in touch with you. Um, so hop back on that, getting ready to hop on that plane, feeling pretty good and phone rings, uh, talking to, you know, Hey, what's going on? Hey, you know, we, we just looked over everything. We kind of had a group discussion and, you know, we decided that, you know, just with your current experience and your lack of a network, we're not going to be able to hire you. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, that's it. Like, I'm totally going to be that, that college guy that like couldn't figure out this whole job thing. Like that was the, the last straw, like in my, what I had, what I had done by myself, like that was the end um, of all my potential. Mm-hmm. And so what I ended up doing on that plane ride back was I was given um, this like worksheet to kind of go through like everyone that I knew in my, they called it like your warm market, like everyone that I knew who kind of cared about me. And so I just kind of started going through, like at first it was just kind of coaches and like I started diving deeper, like, okay, there's this person who I used to play with and he knows this person I can start talking to them. And when my plane touched down, I texted my coach and was just like, man, like I'm, I'm really struggling right now getting a job. He's like, he's like, he was upset that I didn't tell him sooner. Mm. So we, I go into his office and he's like, you know, what do you want? I'm like, man, like I want to be able to look in the mirror at the end of the year and be like, this is how much you made. And you earned that much doing what you did. Um, I want something that's still competitive. I want something where you're like, you're, you make up your own hours, yada, yada, yada. 
And, you know, like, I think I want to be a financial planner because of that. He's like, all right, talk to these three people today um, and we'll get this working out. So called those three people from those talking to those three people. I learned more about the industry than I had doing all this research a month by myself. And they gave me more people that I should talk to and keep following up with until eventually I was uh, given someone's number who was in the mortgage industry and I followed up with him. Um, he was like, you know, everything that you want in this financial planning position, you're going to get the same thing in this mortgage position. Um, it's going to, it's going to be a tough job. And if you're interested, you know, come down job shadow for a few days. And if, if we think it's a good fit, you know, you got, you got a job. Hmm. And so, uh, dude went down to San Diego, the, I mean, one of the greatest cities in the U S I mean, got to go check out million dollar homes. People are running around in like, you know, Gucci suits, (laughs) like driving around Mercedes and like, you know, all these, it was just a whole new world, dude. I was like, yeah, let me, let me in. I'm totally (laughs) in. Um, And so, uh, man, I was lucky enough to get that opportunity and, uh, first job out of college was a, a mortgage lender down in San Diego. Not bad. Not a bad place to start. San Diego. No, no. <laughs> so how, how long, uh, so like from that flight coming back, right? Like, I mean, like I can imagine like the total rejection and just how dejected you might feel. What's like the time frame from like you touching down and at home, like from, from Phoenix losing this job to to you now in san diego starting this job uh it ended up being about a month and a half so i had to get i had to get licensed so i didn't actually officially start that job till july but i i had to go through some training i knew i was going to be working there um like middle of may Mm -hmm. so i I think i think a common thing that that we see with athletes and you can obviously kind of speak more to this too, but I think there's like a, you kind of mentioned this like window where, you know, you've, you've played in high school, you get recruited, you go play in college and then it's this like abrupt end. And then now you have to like fend for yourself almost in a way. So like, did you looking back, were there any particular like very specific skills that you learned from sports and from playing and from competing, can you look back and you can, and you can identify like these one, two or, you know, five skills helped you during this time while you were looking for a job and trying to find your way? Yeah, I think the, I mean, the number one first thing is that, and you kind of said it or alluded to it, that there's a time where you need to fend for yourself and that couldn't be further from the truth. Like, you think that you need to fend for yourself, but there's absolutely no reason that you need to fend for yourself. Um, for me, like I tell this story now because I had such a caring and loving network that I was unwilling to let them know where I was. Like I was unwilling to be vulnerable and let them know where I was at. Um, that it caused me a ton of stress and chaos that I didn't need in my life at ever, you know? Yeah. Um, that's one of the biggest things, uh, the second thing that I wish I had been more conscious of was just being patient. Um, you know, I, 
it's easy to look at what people do now and coming from your huge totem pole that you are on when you're playing college athletics, look at these people who are running businesses and you're like, it's gotta, it can't be that hard. It's, it's easy. Like I could probably do that. Oh, they Mm -hmm. make that much money. Like I should be making that much money. But just knowing that no matter how good of an athlete you are, if you like step into a, a new sport, if you suddenly step in, in, even onto like the next level of the next team, like there's a learning curve. You have, there's certain things that you can apply that might help you, but you're not going to have all the tools in your basket. Um, and so just knowing that, like, if you're doing all the things that you need to be doing on a day-to-day basis, and if you're patient, it's all going to work out for you. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, mean, I think as you were talking about that, I, can just, I mean, it kind of makes sense when you think about just from your, you know, playing career, you you built a lot of connections with with coaches, with teammates, with family, with other people around, like in, on campus. But then once you graduate, you know, like that's kind of the the next group in line. Like they're kind of helping th- that group to, to succeed in sports. But you know, you as the former athlete, it's kind of like where where do you go from there? But think you realize like I think that's a really key thing for a lot of people to realize too is that like those connections don't just leave once you stop playing right and once you're genuine and you're vulnerable and you're patient and you're willing to to put forth your best effort and to for, they, they still want to help you you know I think a lot of kids forget that like those coaches and those people that cared about them while they were athletes like they still care about you afterwards um, and if it wasn't for that coach you know like who knows what would have happened after your playing career Oh, for sure. 100%. That's awesome, man. That's great. Yeah. So, so you started, so you start this job, right? I think uh, for, for anyone that's kind of started a new career, starting a new job, you know, there's this kind of the, when what we would call it kind of a honeymoon phase, right? Where job's awesome. Like everything's great. Like you start this new thing. Did you, how, how long did you feel like that lasted for you? Like this excitement of starting a new job, did that last for a while for you? Uh, to be honest, it lasted for a really long time. Nice. Uh, well, I don't know what a long time is. It lasted for over three years. Wow. Uh, That's a long time. Which, <laughs> which is a long time in my short life. But I mean, you hear about people who have been in, at a job for like 40 years or whatever. But uh, right. for, uh, for me, you know, I, I got paired up with this former athlete who was super driven and motivated and really mentored me, helped me, uh, you know, kind of take this athlete mindset with me to the next phase of my life. And, um, it was, uh, it was good. I mean, it, I was, I was motivated to, you know, get out there and kind of make a name for myself and kind of grow side by side. So. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, we kind of asked you just about like when you were kind of job hunting and stuff, but what, what did you notice? when you first started this job, like that hunger, like that, that drive that you had, was there anything else that you can like relate, like playing sports and playing at a high level, the experiences you had playing, how did that influence like your drive and your commitment during this like first couple years of this job? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I mean, discipline for sure is in there. Like, on an everyday basis, like, what is it that you need to do? And are you going to get it done? And um, like you, 
if in a job where there's so much chaos, um, it just, it's very fast moving. I mean, you know, you're putting out uh, fires right and left. You have people calling you to have problems. Um, in such a fast moving environment, you have to be disciplined um, mm-hmm. to what it is that you, you know, you need to do. Um, you know, I think of how important, how, how it became so important for me to have a, like a structure to my day, like having time for personal development, like at, when am I going to work out? What am I going to eat? When am I going to eat? How much water am I drinking? Uh, if I'm going to be making calls at this time, like I need to black out that schedule. I need to be overly um, particular about my time and how I'm using it. Um, and I think, you know, that's something that you're kind of unaware that you're doing in college sports or sports in general, but like that is something that is very applicable to the real world. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, did you use any, like, was there any, any particular method that you used? Was there any, like, like, did you have a planner? Did you write it all down? Did you use like your phone? What was your method for kind of using your time and planning out your time? Yep. Um, so for me, I use something like I would block out my schedule essentially is what it is. So that, the day before you would create the, the day tomorrow and every single hour on your calendar, like on your Google calendar is what I was using at the time. Okay. But everything from the moment you wake up till the time you go to bed, it's already mapped out. Like you, this is what you're supposed to be doing during this time. No ifs, ands, or, you know, buts about it. This is what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and so I would set it up to like, you know, I was getting into the office at like 5 30 in the morning so it was like breakfast office um going over guidelines learning guidelines uh doing work for this amount of time during that work here like the big three things that i wanted to do um i would black out an hour long uh segment on each of those things to make sure that i could get them done whatever it was during that free time that i had i would be going over uh files that i knew were in the pipeline giving out uh, sending, responding to emails, uh, different tasks during that, and then moving on to my next hour chunk of what it was that I wanted to do mm-hmm. until that day was the day was done. Um, like go work out, get food, do uh, personal development, go to bed, or like, and then build my schedule out for the next day or what mm-hmm. I need to do the next day. And so that's what I was doing. Um, I still do it. So yeah. And, and what was keeping you do? Like, like was there any? like immediate gratification from doing that? Like, were you seeing results from that, from like keeping that discipline and planning and staying so consistent with that? Yeah. You know, I didn't see it. I didn't see it right away. I was motivated to do that. Um, just from the people that were helping me, um, from some different books that I had read mentorship. Uh, it was always very important to be organized and, uh, you know, constantly be moving forward and whatever it is that you're doing. And so I think that's kind of where I was given that, you know, I, I did something very similar to it in college. And so it just kind of made sense to me. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of why I was, I kind of adopted it. It was just like, this, this makes sense. This is what I was doing. Let's keep doing it. That's great, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that awareness is huge when you can figure out like, you know, for you, like that work, like the day before, um, I think it's great to have like that 
like whatever works for for you but i think it's important to like what like what you just highlighted where you just stuck with it and it didn't seem like you veered off from it even though you weren't maybe maybe didn't get immediate gratification from it but you knew that sticking through that process was going to was going to be profitable for you so yeah. you said that you were doing like some personal development stuff was there any or, or i guess i mean even even for current athletes or former athletes are there any like books or anything that you would recommend like articles, podcasts, anything like that, that you feel like had the most influence on you? Yeah. Um, so I jumped into sales and the, like <laughs> the sales Bible is think and grow rich. Mm-hmm. Um, like totally grabbed that, read that, um, how to win friends and influence people. Another one. Um, and I, those two books, and then what was the last book that I read? Uh, never split the difference. Those three books that I read to that basically just like got me going on my sales journey. Um, gosh, man, I, I've read so many sales books now, like Grant Cardone, (laughs) Zig Ziglar, uh, Jeb Blunt, uh, Jeffrey Gatomer. I mean, there's just so many, there's so many people out there that like, know what the heck they're talking about that are amazing salespeople and i mean this is something that goes beyond sales like if you want to be a good physical trainer if you want to have a healthy lifestyle like there are so many books so much knowledge out there that you can consume to start your get your phd and whatever the heck you want um but man if i was if i was still playing the biggest books that i wish i had read um were probably high performance habits uh, mindset, and I did read this when I was playing, but Relentless uh, by Tim Grover. Yeah. Like, I tell everyone who is still playing, like, if you haven't read those books, that you should read them for sure. Yeah. Do Do you remember like any like from? I mean, was there any common theme that you got from like those books? Was there anything in particular that sticks out to you now, like looking back on those? Yeah, you know the about them all is like. It, and it's funny when you're playing sports, everyone tells you that, you know, the, the actual playing of the sport is just a fraction of it. The, the mental game is like 80 to 90% of it. Mm-hmm. And the attention that the mindset gets is so small, you know, like you work on it 20 minutes a day, whatever it is. Uh, but what I realized is that the mindset is just like a muscle, you know, how strong is your muscle? Most people can only handle five minutes of meditation five minutes of affirmations like that's it you have to continue to strengthen your mind to be able to get up to 20 minutes of meditation to be able to be in a situation that's uncomfortable and find a different perspective to allow you to win um you know those types of things where like you feel like the world's against you you feel like everything's crashing down and it's like okay like just remember like it's not you know whatever it is like going to be okay or like whatever all these little things that you have from that mindset of like you know it's it's just a continuous journey you're never going to be the best like you're just on this constant flow of like being you know like your own greatness you know like you're just constantly pushing against yourself so um yeah those that's definitely kind of the the idea behind those books Mm -hmm. i I think for me yeah so when you were playing and this is kind of a I, I hate when people ask me this question, so <laughs> forgive me for asking you this question. 
but so in, like in my field, like in sports psychology, we get asked a lot of times, like, like what percentage of sports or whatever sport you want to insert there is physical versus mental. So uh-huh. when you, when you're playing, right, like wh- wh- where would you allocate, what percentage would you say is physical versus mental? Uh, <laughs> when I was playing, I would say it was 80, 20, 80% mental, 20% physical. Um, but I mean, the fir- the more I get away from it, uh, the more I believe it's almost like 90, 10, you know? Um, but I think it's right in that range for sure. No matter what sport it is that you're playing. Yeah. Okay. Why? What do you think? Why we got you on the list? <laughs> <laughs> so, I've, I've, I've like changed my tune on this so many times. Really? So, yeah. So, you know, like Yogi Berra's quote about like baseball is like 90% <laughs> mental and the other half is. So like if Yogi Berra said that, I feel like I can, I, I have justified evidence to say what I'm about no. to say <laughs> to me. dude. It's like his most biggest cop out answer, but you know what? I'm sticking to my guns here. I think it's 100% mental and 100% physical. Hmm. I just think they're so tightly like in like they're so tightly wound or and, like like they're, they're just so connected. And I, I, I don't sure. know if like growing up, I remember watching these like just these guys that were just so physically talented and just incredible, like just physical freaks. And then like they sucked. They weren't very good. They look like they should be good, but they would get their head wrapped around all sorts of stupid stuff and get distracted. And, and then it was those other guys that maybe weren't as athletic, but were super smart and they were able to kind of find their way. So I don't know. I just feel like it's a tough question. I hate that question. This is why I hate this question, but I just think there's, they're both like so important that I don't know if there's one that's more important than the other. I think it depends on your position too as well, but if I, if I, 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 the way I answer that question, it's a hundred percent mental and it's a hundred percent physical. And I, I, I like that a lot. Um, it almost leads me to, you know, to be really aware now as I watch sports too, is that it's really easy to say that it's 90%, you know, whatever it is that you believe it is. Sure. It's really easy to have those beliefs when everything's going really well for you. Um, when you're playing great, when everything seems to be clicking, the team's winning. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm always super conscious now of like, how are people handling injuries? Like, how do people handle themselves when they're done playing? Um, and it's funny, like right now with, you know, the MJ documentary out, like, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Dennis Rodman documentary, mm-hmm. but like, there's so many of these athletes that like play and when they're done, are just completely lost. Yeah. Like they just have no idea what to do with themselves. Um, and I would honestly argue that some of those people had incredible mindsets when they were at their athletic peak, mm-hmm. um, or at least interesting ones to say the least, if we're going to be talking about Rodman, yeah. but uh, none of them, none of those people like ever really uh, knew that all these things could be translated. You know, they didn't know like what it was that, like why they were playing, like what, what's the ultimate purpose, you know, like, was it to make money? Was it to, because something you loved and then all of a sudden it's taken away. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think it's someone like, like Michael or he, he retired twice. You know, exactly. I mean, I think it's, uh, Gronk's back in the league. And, Gr- and Gronk's <laughs> back after 13 months, you know? So it's like a, it's yeah. tough. I mean, I think some, 
and even even like looking at some athletes like during the off season you can get like a micro a microcosm of like what retirement's going to be like mm. uh just dur- just during the off seasons and, and just paying attention to what a lot of guys do during the off season you know you you i, I don't know if you remember like for for you where you know you would take how many ever months off or a couple weeks off from after after the season was over but you notice like those guys they just come right back to the gym and then they start working putting up shots and they start working and working and working um like you like nobody had to tell michael jordan to go play basketball right like if, if i think it was during this one where they were talking about like you know filming like the the, the space jam like the gym that he had like built for him while he was filming. Yeah. Like you couldn't take away basketball from him. Like it didn't, like he wasn't going to allow that, you know, like, I mean, it's, you don't need to tell these guys to go play, to go play their sport. Um, They're just going to go do it and they're going to want to improve and they're going to want to get better. But yeah, I I think it's, I think that's really interesting. Like just the, the mental versus the physical attribute. And one thing you mentioned too, where, you know, spending 10 minutes, 20 minutes, um, I mean, you, if, if from your experience, obviously you guys probably had like practice for what, like two hours, three hours a day when you were in college, mm-hmm. Yep. high school, probably the same thing. Yeah. I was like two hours, three hours after school. So you see most of that time is physical practice. Like you, you, you're putting up shots, you're running plays, you're running drills, doing all that sort of stuff. But so you can imagine spending two to three hours of physical training. How much, how much time do you remember spending on like deliberate like mental training when you were in college yeah um we actually had a a uh sports psychologist who was with kind of part of the team Mm -hmm. he was like uh and he would probably come twice a year and he'd kind of work with everyone for Mm -hmm. a weekend um we would uh, do we actually I mean, I don't even know what people do now, but I, what, I feel like what we were doing was kind of ahead of our time. Uh, we would do a 10-minute meditation before practice started, and we were expected to do affirmations before that, mm-hmm. um, which would take, I don't know, anyone. We were supposed to do a five-minute affirmation, um, but I don't know how many people actually did everything, you know? Sure. Uh, but, like, every single day, we were at least getting 15 minutes of that in, Um for that that mindset part of mm-hmm. the game and like how did you feel like that what kind of influence did that have on performance for you um you know it was it was it was good um you know it, it's funny like the i mean it i give like my own personal mindset like i think it it would really got push to the next level when we when I started totally like committing to it and like allowing it to do what it's supposed to do um I mean I think I was when I played like I was a hot hot player like you know like if everything I was like momentum swinging like I'm hot like let's go momentum yeah. swinging the other way cooled down like you didn't like it but like by the time I was a sophomore like I was the cool headed person like I was the the you know like the dependable you know the person that was kind of like steering the boat now um and I think that has stuff to do with maturity but that also has a lot to do with you know the the mindset the building of that muscle 
um, to be able to kind of handle that, you know? Yeah. And what, what, what did you do? Did, did you feel like you did anything different or was it just experience from like freshman to sophomore year that changed that, like that, that for you? Yeah. Um, you know, for, <laughs> for me, like the way that, like I would like step into a different person, like, when it was time to step onto the court like it was a complete alter ego shift of like whoever Matt was before you know he stepped on the gym like it's totally a brand new person this person's like you know a badass man like he's <laughs> you know does, not afraid he's not trigger shy he isn't scared to like yell at other people older than him younger than him doesn't matter he like gets under people's skin like you know like this person was like everything I thought I was as a basketball player and more and yeah. I was always like constantly, you know, and it's one of those uh, like carrot dangling in front of the horse, you know, it's like, once you get that, you don't just keep thinking about that. You think about what's next, you know, like, oh, now you can do this. Okay. Well, you really want to be able to do that. And it's just kind of like one of those constant things where like you keep leveling up. Um, and so, yeah, I think it really had to do a lot with that. Like all of a sudden, all these things that I thought I was trying to be, I was. And so I was able to kind of step into that and start trying to figure out, okay, how do I get to the next level? Yeah. Yeah. And how did you build like that person? Like, like, what did you do to like create that, that person that would step on the court and it was like a totally different person. What did you do to create that? Yeah. So the way that we did it was we kind of, for me, like I, for me, like I really enjoyed like watching film and like watching other players play and so like the way that we would do it was that we would um we would have our affirmations affirmations had to be super pointed and powerful um i'm sure you could talk about these chris but uh you know like it wasn't like oh i'm a good shooter it's like no like i'm a i'm a relentless shooter like i mm -hmm. shoot the ball like larry bird or like whoever it was that your favorite shooter was like mm -hmm. i don't miss or I don't miss open shots, whatever it was that you wanted to say. And it was like, you know, you had like these phrases and you would just read them over and over again. And you talk to yourself in the mirror and like, look at that person and like, say like, dude, you're a bad, you're a bad dude, man. Like you are a filthy shooter, whatever it is that you wanted to say, yeah. you said it to yourself. We do that for um, five to 10 minutes. We then go and do uh, a meditation. Um, I would meditate for the first uh, three minutes, I would think about uh, like my best memories of playing basketball, typically as a kid. Um, I would think about, you know, playing with my buddies at the park, playing on the eight foot rim, like all that sort of stuff. Um, from the next three minutes, I would replay uh, like the best games I ever had, game winners that I hit, how I felt leading up to those moments, what it felt like after I hit the game winner um, moments where I was completely on fire. Uh, what did it feel like? What were the moves I was doing? Replaying those in my head. Um, and then for the last three or four minutes, I would envision what it was that I needed to do and be on that court today. And I, this person that I envisioned for the last four minutes um, was the person that I became when I opened my eyes. So for that last four minutes, I would be like, okay, like, even if you've never been able, like, you know, like it, <laughs> you can't like suddenly say that I'm going to do a 360 dunk if I can barely dunk the basketball. But it was like, you know, uh, it was like, man, like 
this is like who who you are like you're going to step into the ultimate form of yourself and you open your eyes and you're that person and that's how I got to into the position to have an alter ego like that so so I, I was I was drawing down some notes I think this is like incredibly important I think because I think you just took like quote unquote meditation for athletes to like another level there and I want to just highlight this real quick because <laughs> a lot of guys will say yeah, we meditate or like I, I meditate before a game. But one of the things we focus a lot about is like, what did you do or how did you meditate? Right. So, so you, so you said you, you would spend so like in a 10 minute stretch, right? The first, like yep. what you said about three minutes is just yep. playing at the park, having a good time, like the love of the game kind of stuff. Correct. And like, what were you trying to like, what, what feelings or emotions were you trying to elicit from those first three minutes? Like what, like what headspace were you trying to get yourself in during those first moments Uh, of meditation? Yeah. It was just like, uh, it was, it's obviously the feeling of joy. It's like the reminder of dude, how, no matter how intense everything is now, like you're just doing it because you love it. Like you love mm-hmm. the game. It was, it was it was reminding yourself of the love and joy that playing yeah. the game gave you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, do you think so? Like for all the athletes listening, that is the freaking like best way you can start practice meditations and even game meditations. I think is just taking yourself back to like that pure, unadulterated, unfiltered love of just playing at a park or playing in your backyard or whatever it is, right? So. I think that's awesome, man. So like you'd start the first couple minutes and then you would go into replaying like some of your best moments, like almost like highlight reel of like Matt's like greatest moments on the court. You got it. And what was the purpose of that? I mean, I can imagine why, but like for you, what was the purpose? For me, it was um, getting that – it's funny, like a lot of people talk about being in the zone or being on fire and like people don't really know how they got there or how they ended up. Yeah. And the more you meditate about it, the more you understand how you get there. You start, un- you know, un- unwrapping this thing and you're like, oh, that's how it works. Um, and so I was doing that to like, you know, dive in. You, you never like shoot a shot and you're like, I hope it doesn't go in. Like you want to have the mindset of like, oh yeah, like I don't miss you know, yeah. I, I'm on fire and it's replay, you know, it's to, it's to be able to replay watching the ball go through the rim in high pressure situations, big game situations um, to kind of have that with you when you, you know, are done meditating, I guess. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Like I, I like that kind of that continuation of like that pure love and joy of the game and then transitioning that into like, seeing yourself execute at the highest level that you can and continuing to see yourself make those shots and relive those experiences and feel that confidence and that flow, uh, that flow state that you're talking about there. And then you would end it with uh, meditating on like what you're going to do like during this practice, like during this game. Yep. So like, (laughs) uh, I would like imagine like who I was going to score on, how I was going to score on them, yeah. who I was going to guard, how, I, you know, like all that things are going to unravel, how, you know, who am I going to have to talk to? How do I get under, you know, certain people to get them back, get their heads straight again? Like imagining out the game in a situation where I am, I don't want to say perfect, but I, I am as executed and dialed in as I could possibly be. Yeah. 
No, it's awesome, man. I like that. And don't hesitate about, about, about saying that perfect thing. I've got a whole little spiel I can go into about perfect. Right? Yeah. That's one of the things, I, dude. That's one of the things that I think a lot of guys get confused on is that, like what you just described, you never saw yourself fail. For 10 minutes of visualizing, right. your mind has no, like it doesn't understand failing. And I think a lot of times we get this like word perfect. Like we think of this word perfect as like, oh, nope, nope, nothing's ever perfect. I'm never perfect. For 10 minutes, you pretty much convinced your mind that you were pretty dang near perfect there. <laughs> like, and that's the thing that like, guys understand is like mentally, you can be perfect. You should be perfect. Like you should be visualizing your quote unquote perfect game. Now, perfect doesn't mean Michael Jordan standards. It doesn't mean LeBron James standards. It means Matt standards, Christian stand, like, like for me, like my standard, everyone has a different version of perfect, but why would you not right. want to visualize yourself playing perfect? I'm with that. And then when you and visualize I yourself playing perfect, you are positioning yourself to physically be more likely to play perfect. Yeah. Just like you said, man, it makes no sense to put up a shot and be like, oh, I hope this one doesn't go in. Who does that? <laughs> Or I hope it don't miss. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. yeah exactly. uh, the uh, I'm totally with you. And the only reason I, I backtrack on perfect just for a second is just because of all the different um, definitions that it has, you know? Yeah. And I think for me, like when I was a senior, I was like, my perfect game isn't not missing a shot. For me, like the perfect game is going like two for 15 and not thinking any of them I was going to miss. Mm. like I like that that was the perfect game for me yeah and so stepping into a imperfectly perfect situation you can succeed no matter what type of thing yeah. or you're going to you know <clears throat> yeah man that's yeah. that's so important I mean even just having like for a lot of people that are listening like it's incredibly important like what you just def like you defined perfection for yourself I think a lot of a lot of guys will think that like I need to be 10 for 10 from three and I need to not miss a shot. No turnovers. Like that's not like, yes, that's statistically perfect, but right. that's not really statistically perfect. And a perfect game for you is very different for guys. Like a perfect game is their team one, right? Like that's perfect for some people, for other people, it's they scored more than 20 points or whatever. Right. So like, I think having that definition of perfect and then taking that time that you talked about, like this 10 minute window of meditating and seeing yourself inviting that pure love in your mind and then transitioning into building this confidence and seeing yourself succeed and play perfectly. And then seeing like the final of like, almost like playing out like what you're about to go do. And then your mind has already seen what you're about to go do. And then your body just kind of follows along and go, goes and does what your mind just saw. Yep. That's a that's a very, very, very effective, structured pre-game and pre-practice meditation. So three minutes of just re reminiscing about playing at the park, four minutes focusing and replaying the highlight reel of your best games, your best moments, and the final couple minutes seeing yourself execute your perfect game that you're about to go play. That's that's amazing. That's perfect. See, so yeah, I used it there. <laughs> so uh 
well, I, we've kind of, I think you've kind of mentioned it before, and um, this will probably be one of the one of the last things I'd like to talk about today. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but you you kind of talked about like this mentality. So like, I know following your stuff on on social media and stuff, you you talk about this athlete mentality. Can you can you mm. talk a little bit more like what that means? Like, I think and you'll kind of go into it, I'm sure, but like, I think athlete mentality is like sure, like we're athletes when we're playing sports, but. I must like, I work in sports psychology. I work for the army now. Like I feel like I'm a quote unquote athlete still. Like I think like that. So right. tell, to tell us a little bit more about kind of what you mean and kind of how you kind of how you, how you talk about this athlete mentality. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, it comes back from feeling the feelings that you had when you're playing sports and to just, sum all of the emotions up into one particular word it's like the feeling that you have is like limitless man the for me and I think for a lot of other athletes like you don't you don't have a lot of doubts you really don't doubt yourself you're totally free and you you're very confident in your voice and what you're capable of doing and because of that more times than not you're also putting in the work that is necessary to get to that point um and for me, like, that's just living a limitless life and the athlete mentality and mindset that comes along with it. Um, you know, as I stepped away from sports, um, you know, I got, I got caught into losing that a little bit, you know. I yeah. was unsure. I wasn't as confident as I used to be. I didn't know where I was going to fit in. I didn't have the community that I once had. Um, and I didn't really know the direction I was going. I didn't really know like what it was that I was chasing, how to get there and why I wanted it. Um, and because of that, I really lost that, that edge. Like I, to describe that version of myself, like that person was not limitless. Um, and, you know, through, through my own, you know, we were talking about personal development through my own growth. Um, I started going back and finding these things from athletics that I could now place back into my life now that I had built up this foundation outside of sports that I was like oh leadership this is a really good thing to insert back in my life or like oh commitment that's a really interesting word because that's actually what I'm doing here and the things that I thought that I only had a month or two experience having it's like no you've been doing this for 16 years and all of a sudden like the confidence that I had in myself just like just tripled overnight, you know? Um, And it just, it kept going like that. It it just went on a, like grew exponentially. And my whole thing is like, I, I then started going back and like talking to athletes, working with them. And I was hearing the same flat line that I was having that I had in my life. And I was like, that doesn't have to be the norm. Like the, the best thing in your life does not have to be winning a a high school championship or, you know, a a college, being a college athlete. Like there's so much more that you are prepared for. And there's so much more in you that you need to step into, but let's not give like this athlete mindset, put you in the 1% in a 1% category. Like Mm -hmm. what if you could do that again within whatever it is that you want to do next? Like you would be considered, you know, like Forbes would want to interview you for whatever it is that you want to do or, you know, whoever it is. And so, um, you know, like my thing is like, man, I want, I want athletes to once again, step into being limitless and keep chasing championships. That's awesome, man. 
That's pretty awesome. I love, I love that, like that limitless. What, what, what do you feel like is the opposite? And I, I know not necessarily just the word, but what's the opposite of limitless for like post athlete? Like what, how, how would you feel like the opposite mm-hmm. of that is? Yeah. So the opposite is the drift. Um, mm. The drift is just society, everyday norms, the people that just do what they do because people tell them that's what they should be doing. Um, the drift, man, it's a, it's tough to get out of it once you get in it. That's for sure. Um, and you only have so, so much of a window to kind of stay out of it once you're done playing sports. But uh, the, dr- the drift is the opposite. The drift is the people that, you know, don't have goals anymore. They feel stuck. Um, they're not confident in who they are. Uh, and they're just kind of happy being mediocre. They're happy being average. Um, and, you know, that type, that type of life, like being in the drift is sometimes what people want after sports, to be completely honest. Like it's not for everyone yeah. to keep doing it. Like it could have been your first go. You're, you know, you spent 15 years of your life chasing a dream and maybe that was it. Like you don't, you're, you're tired of it. Maybe you need to take a little break. Maybe you need to take a few years before you tackle something next. Um, but it's my belief that that inner athlete in you is always going to want to come back out. They don't want to stay hidden. They don't want to be uh, shied away. Like that person is going to want to emerge again. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's kind of the opposite of what I would consider the, the athlete mindset. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. And, and so do you feel like in looking at your career now and like post athletic career? Yep. What, what do you feel like are the most pivotal, like, skills or lessons that you use on a daily basis that, that you can recall learning on the court? Yeah. On a daily basis. Man. Um, it's, uh, well, one of the biggest things and something I'm always reminded of is just, uh, being like humility, man. Like mm. you, you're never going to know it all. Like there's going to be someone that's, smarter than you there's going to be someone that's better than you there's going to be someone that's more athletic than you um like you need to treat every single opportunity like a sponge um and get as much information as possible and you need to be humble enough to know that you need to be doing all the work when everyone else is talking like there's so much noise out there now like everyone wants to be a guru everyone wants to be a coach everyone has the next million dollar idea like do figure out what it is that you want grind and push the and hustle the same way that you hustle to be a great whatever player you were athlete and you will look up and you will be shocked at how far you come every single time um there's a few other things that you need other than just yourself going there um but like that is a huge huge uh chunk of it um and i think you know the the next thing that i've just been um reminded of a lot you know is just being able to um take the i I guess i just kind of kept build on this i guess i'll finish this humility Mm -hmm. thought like as you you like as you go and you start to figure out this new thing as you start to build on yourself like you're going to need that same type of community to get you to wherever it is that you want to go I think a lot of athletes you know they 
put a lot of weight on what they were able to accomplish. Um, and I think this whole position of gratitude of, I was only as good as I was because of all the people in my life. Um, and having that different perspective is going to relieve yourself of so much external pressure that you've created on yourself and open yourself up for so much more um, help and support. And you're just going to, again, like we talked about, like exponentially get better. Like all of a sudden, all these things that you thought you needed, you, you needed to know how to do, someone's going to help you. Someone's going to show you how to do it better. Um, you're just going to get there so much further. And the last thing is the constant comparison, comparison comparing yourself to other people. Um, man, I am such a victim of this too for so long. Like I loved comparing myself to other people and being like, ah, oh, that person's not that much better. Like I could have gone D1 or whatever. Um, and, you know, you do that again when you get out of sports and it's toxic, man. It's so toxic. The only game every single day is did you get a little bit better? And that's the same, even, even in, while you are playing, like, did you do everything you could have done yesterday to get better? And are you doing it every single day? It's the same thing afterwards, man. If you compare yourself to who you were yesterday, you are going to get so, so far. People are going to be like, dude, what, what's up with you, Matt? Like, how do you, how do you get, you know, get so much done in a day? How do you level up so quick? And like that, that's the sauce, man. That's the secret. Preach brother. Preach. <laughs> Dude, if you for all you people listening, rewind the last like four minutes, and that's like your recipe for achieving anything you want in life. That is gold. I love it, dude. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, there's so many more things I'd, I want to talk to you about, but we'll uh, we'll do it again um, for the sake of, of your time, my time, everyone's time. Um, what give us like? one thing or like a takeaway that like, what, what have you been learning recently? Um, in the last, I know the last couple of weeks have been crazy with quarantine and just this whole COVID-19 thing. Yeah. What, what's been like one thing that's just, that's super stuck out to you since in the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, for me, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm reading some marketing books right now. So I'm, uh, <laughs> super into like persuasion and things like that mm -hmm. and one of the biggest things is that if you want someone to do something you can't uh threaten them you can't like command them to do something you can't put something in front of them that you promise is going to change the world the only way that you're ever going to get someone to actually make a change and make a lasting change is to have them believe that they are making this decision on their own mm. um and so right now when we're in quarantine a lot of people are like, I'm bored. I'm, you know, I don't have anything to do. I'm, you know, whatever it is. And I'm just like, man, like, what if I could trick a few of these people into like learning a new skill or like, yeah. you know, finding a way to work out. Um, but dude, I, I'm, I'm reminded of that. And I'm so, I'm still reminded of uh, just how, how many, I mean, this is kind of like a, a jab, but like, how easy it is for people to make excuses like oh it's okay for you to eat bad because quarantine's going on it's okay for you to not work out it's a really hard time yeah like there's no man, gym to go life, to life's hard man life yeah. is hard like you need to figure it out like if you want it that bad 
you're going to figure out a way to do it. Like yeah. if there's not a gym, like you're going to dribble the, your ball until your fingers bleed, man. Like you're going to figure out, out a way to do it. And it's the same thing. It doesn't change, man. It doesn't change. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I, I think even for, for, I think uh, you like the marketing stuff you're talking about, like, I guess getting other people to do stuff, but honestly, we're like individually, we're the same way. We, if you want to get yourself to do something, or if you want to persuade yourself to do something like, you have to believe that that thing is going to help you be better. And totally. uh, yep, it's, that's awesome, man. I think it's been, I, I've, heard, I've seen this uh, a few times during this, this whole like quarantine thing. And uh, if you, if you don't come out of this, this like work from home kind of quarantine time with a new skill, uh, learned a new language um, or <laughs> developed, like, cre- like created a new product or a new business, you completely wasted your time. And it's so true, man. I, like I've, I've seen so many people that have taken advantage of this time and, and like just been super creative with working out and super creative with um, just learning new things. And, and it's been awesome to see how resilient people are and how mentally yep. tough people can be when they're forced to be mentally tough and forced to be right. resilient a little bit more. So that's great, dude. That's awesome. Dude, thank you so much, man. This has been there's there's a couple interviews I do that I call them I call them ink drainers and my pen is running out of ink dude I've written down a lot of stuff uh you're definitely an ink drainer my friend this is awesome so I want to thank you so much for coming on um for all, all the people listening I hope you guys got some incredible value um I know my pen needs a refill but that is uh that was awesome man thank you so much um I know you're doing a lot with social media. So to, uh, to tell, tell the people if they want to follow you, uh, where, where can they find you? Yeah. So I'm pretty big on Instagram right now. If you want to follow me, it's just my first name, Matt underscore M O U N I E R. It's my last name, Mounier. Uh, if you want to tap into our growing community, uh, we're on Facebook. It's called the athlete community. Um, love to see you guys on there and dive deeper. Awesome, man. So it's uh, on Facebook. It's the athlete community. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. Well, what, what kind of stuff do you guys focus on there? What, like if, if people can get a glimpse of it, what, what, what do you guys focus on? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's a community that I, I'm, you know, at the, the helm of, and it's all about um, the, the transition and being able to kind of apply these lessons from sports um, it's a place for you to post issues or problems that you're having and kind of step into a community that already exists um, where people are going to care about you because they know what you're about. Um, the way that it's kind of structured is that uh, I do a training uh, for people every Thursday. Um, you can check it out live or do a recording. There's going to be some different interviews and different things on there that you're going to have access to. And then, um, I don't know, man, there's some cool stuff like Goal setting things, athlete DNA tests, all this sort of fun stuff on there. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, if you yeah, y'all better go check that out. That's gonna be that sounds freaking amazing for all. If you're a former athlete, dude, like that's that community and that connection is is huge, especially that relatedness that that everyone has with being a former athlete and, and having something having something have a community of of people like minded people. It's huge. So that's on Facebook, yep. the athlete community. You got it. Yep. Awesome. And I know Instagram's a great follow. All, all you people out there, give, give them a follow. Um, it's been awesome talking to you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. And 
yeah, anyway, thank you so much, man. It's been great. Awesome, Chris. Thank you for having me. All right. You enjoy, uh, enjoy the kettlebells that I see you working out with. <laughs> Will do. All right, my man. Take care.